just use your 20s to learn as much as you can so that when you're in your 30s, you can stop to have a family and then you can start again and really know what you want to do. And that's exactly what I did. Welcome to Building Doors. In this series, you'll develop the skills to build a roadmap for success, get inspired by those leaders who have come before you, and give you the confidence to stop waiting and start building. Welcome, Lisa, to season two of the Building Doors podcast. Thank you for coming on as as a guest. Now, Lisa and I have just been having a moment here because we're not sure if there's something wrong with the chairs or if Lisa is indeed shorter than me. (laughs) Um, I'd like to establish for the audience that I think you're just shorter than me, Lisa. Yes. We've adjusted the chairs and we're good to go. Um, So before we get started, I'm going to tell you all a little bit about Lisa so you get to hear a little bit about her backstory. So Lisa Burke is the founder and director of Content Hive, which is a content marketing agency working Australia-wide. Lisa's career started in IT and technology while studying a degree in advertising and public relations. Lisa has worked with multi-million dollar brands and she was the digital strategist behind the award-winning Your Health, Your Choice PR campaign and Save Aussie Supplements digital campaign, which gained national news coverage and made it to the parliament discussion floor. She has built doors for herself in her career and for the businesses she works with. Lisa is a mum of two young children and has a remote-based working team. She has been through COVID with her business and has gained a lot of insight into managing and leading remote team members. Lisa also recently tragically lost her father unexpectedly and felt information out there was lacking on leading a team and continuing to build your business while coping with grief. Welcome, Lisa, to the Building Doors podcast. I was really keen to get you on for this discussion as we've spoken so many times about what it means to build a business and essentially create something from where nothing already exists. And you share a similar model to ours in terms of remote working, which certainly has its benefits, but its challenges too. And I think some of the challenging times you've been through recently are important because it's when things are really tough that it can be so hard to keep pushing forward and moving forward too. So give us a bit of an overview of your backstory and some of the significant moments that led you to where you are today with your business. Yeah, thanks for having me and congratulations on season two. That's very exciting. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So, wow, my backstory, where do I start? So I actually started my first business back in around 2008, 2009. And the reason why I actually started a business is because... When I was younger, I developed a, a massive fear around speaking in front of people. And when I finished my degree and I went out and worked for somebody, every Monday we would sit around the boardroom table and we would have to do a whip. And when it came time for me to present in front of the team, I would get so nervous that I, you know, it just was just overwhelming. So I spent six months there and I decided, you know what, I have to go out and do this on my own because I need to be in control of when I can talk and when I can speak. Oh. Um, so I actually started a business because I was scared of public speaking. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I guess that has always been a challenge in my life and I've been able to sort of maintain that. I obviously built a bit of a strong suit around that and I used tools to obviously control situations where I was able to talk when I wanted to talk and sort of set things or practice when I needed to. I have actually overcome that fear of public speaking, hence I'm sitting here on a podcast today. <laughs> um, and we actually met at a talk yes. where I presented in front of 50 people. 
and we can probably get to that later. But yeah, so that's actually the reason why I started a business. And like I said, 2008, 2009. So that's a lifetime ago. But I've been failing forward ever since. <laughs> um, and I'm now, I'm now in my 30s. I've got two young kids and I really feel like I've just found my flow and I've spent the last decade plus building doors for myself. So I'm now in a position where I'm really in control of my career and my lifestyle and yeah, I'm loving it. I've had another guest previously mention about being in your 40s, being in your 30s, being in your 20s and the different changes that happen. And she's in her 40s and she tells me the 40s is amazing. (laughs) Oh, no, maybe she's in her 50s. Look, she looks like she was in her 40s. I don't know. But one of the things she mentioned is different. You get to know yourself in your 30s. How have you found your 30s with this business and having the kids? Like, has there been a change in you? Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, turning 30 was amazing. I feel like 20s, you sort of, you think you know everything, you say yes to everything, you try everything. So I always say to younger people that are starting out, I'm like, just use your 20s to learn as much as you can so that when you're in your 30s, you can stop to have a family and Mm. then you can start again and really know what you want to do. And that's exactly what I did. So I spent my 20s. I did so much. I had so much fun. I made a lot of mistakes. I learned, I learned, I learned. And then when it was time for me to have my children, I think I was about 31 when I fell pregnant with my daughter, I was able to take 12 months off. I then fell pregnant with my son when she was only eight months old. I'm very efficient. (laughs) Um, So then I had another 12 months off. And then when it was time to sort of decide what the next step was, I really, I had so many options because I tried so many different things. And then I had a lot of people knocking on my door because of that. And I was able to really sit down and think about what I wanted to build that was going to work with my new lifestyle, which was, you know, being married and having two kids. Um, So it's been amazing. And when you created this business after having children, you've had a business before. Were there some differences or anything that you changed to, I guess, allow you to have family time and things like that? Because a lot of people don't think about it is different starting a business with family. There's two things to run. Yeah. <laughs> so did, were there any differences in in how you set this business up? Oh, absolutely. So I think I learned from all of the things that I did wrong when I started businesses back in my 20s. So with this business, I made sure that it was very systemized. I had all the processes in place so that I could set boundaries around work time and family time. Mm. Um, And I also knew the importance of team. So I think when you're younger, you sort of think you can do everything. And I probably burnt myself out a bit by running businesses and taking on too much. Mm. Whereas when I started Content Hive, I really sat down and thought about how can I build a team to support the business so that I can step out Mm. or I can spend time with my family. And, you know, I'm not a copywriter, so I've created Content Hive and obviously writing copy is the core of what we do. So it was I've kind of forced myself into doing a business where I have to have a team Mm. um, as opposed to me going, oh, I'll just do it because I think I know better than other people. So I've definitely learned all of those lessons. And for me this time around, it was all about team systems, processes, um, and just being really clear on the service offering and Mm. niching down. So when I started my first business, I started a web dev company. We sort of did a bit of everything. I've run marketing agencies before where we've been full service marketing and you end up burning out because there's just too many things to do um, Mm. and you have to have your fingers in too many pies. So when I sat down and decided that I wanted to start 
this new business, I really thought about what can I niche down in? And I decided in content because I just think it's an area that's so important, but Mm. too many business owners are too busy to manage their own content, Mm. obviously. Mm. And not many people like to write content. Um, It's very rare to find those people. So I chose that niche and I want to be number one in that space. Mm, I love that. Mm. I also love the fact, so we've talked about this before around the fact that you've got a bit of a remote model with your team as well. And as I sort of said at the start, it can have its benefits because I've got a remote model too, and it can have challenges too. So if somebody's looking at setting up a business or building their own business and they're looking at the remote model, what's some of the things that you've learned around leading a business in that kind of structure. Yeah. So I've been running remote teams since I started my first business. So my first hire was a web developer and he was um, studying. So we decided that it was just easier for him to work from home so he could work sort of after hours and around his study commitments. And I think I was just lucky because he was just such an amazing human being and he was he was just so honest and loyal. Mm. So, you know, I just had a really amazing experience with remote teams from the get-go. Mm. And then I guess what's really important is you've really just got to have the systems in place to support that type of working environment. So, for example, having like a project management or a task management platform so mm. that you can manage everything that the team's doing having some type of a communication platform like Teams or Slack so that people can communicate and connect as if they are in the office together. But then we also run a hybrid model. So for us, you know, we do work from home, but we've also got a hot desk here at the Coffee Commune, which means that we can come in here and work mm. together or we can organise meetings in here. So I think just having that having that mixed model is important. And if you can't have the mixed model, just making sure that you are making time to do the face-to-face things with your team because it's so important because it can get lonely yes. um, working from home. Yes, so, yeah. yes. And I think it's good that you mentioned that having those activities and breaking it up a bit because all of those things are things that you've learnt through having that business model. A lot of people just get put off by the idea and there's a big shift in companies at the moment trying to get people back into the office. Yeah, but everyone's had a taste of it now, so (laughs) it's amazing. I was like, it only took you guys like 10 years, but anyway. (laughs) I've been here already. Welcome, welcome. Welcome. So looking back on your own career, you've started businesses and doing that, It can be tough. So were there times when things got in the way of your personal goals or where you really needed to maintain that perseverance? And and, and how did you do that? Look, the biggest thing that probably got in my way was just my fear of public speaking. I always laugh and wonder, you know, where I may be if I never experienced that. But now that I've overcome it, it's sort of like there's so much opportunity and so much potential and I'm so excited to sort of put myself out there and don't get me wrong, like I still get nervous and I still, you know, I still have butterflies in my tummy, but I love that challenge now and I really want to sort of build my personal brand and sort of see what's possible and also share what I know and and help to inspire and educate um, other people and younger people that are coming up through the ranks. So in terms of challenges, I've just, I don't know, I guess, I've you know, I've been through it all. I've, I've worked with clients and across industries that are very male-dominated you know, you've sort of got to just be able to take it on the chin and sort of push through. You know, I've worked for businesses before where I was the highest paid employee and people made up rumours and stories because I was a young female. There was obviously something going on. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. You, know, all, you know, all that type of stuff yes. that you just have to deal with and you just have to laugh it off and not take it personally. I'm a Leo. My husband's a Leo. I've been with him for over 21 years now. So, you know, anything like that, I just laugh off and go, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
What do you think it is that makes, this is something that's always fascinated me about people. Some people will see a challenge, something like public speaking. Some people will see a challenge and move towards that yes. and go, that is something that I find scary a little yeah. bit and challenging and I, I want to try it. I want to yeah. push myself. I want to move towards that. Whereas other people will see that and go, oh, my gosh, like I never want to do public speaking. Yeah. That sounds like my worst nightmare. Public speaking is an example, but are you always a person that goes towards that thing? That, yes. That, so, so it's like you, if you're scared of heights, you're like, yeah, let's go bungee jumping. No, like are you someone that goes towards a challenge? Yeah, because you always come out the other side as a better person. Like if you're mm. going to learn, that is the way to learn. And you always come out the other side and go, wow, I feel like I've grown. I feel like I'm a better person. So it's kind of that chase yeah. where you go, okay, this feels uncomfortable I'm a little bit nervous, but wow, I know what can lie on the other side. So it's kind of like the talk that I did recently. I struggled for six months. My dad had actually just passed away. And on the day of his funeral, I got an email from Philip inviting me to be a guest speaker at one of his emerging leaders breakfasts. And Jules, who works with me, said, it's a sign from your dad. Like it's an opportunity for you to take it to the next level. And this is something you've always wanted to do. So I said, yes. Mm. And then I spent the next six months, you know, struggling with anxiety and going through grief. (laughs) And, you know, on top of grieving, I also had this thing where I was like, wow, I have to get up and talk in front of 50 people. And who am I to do that? Mm. And we all, we all struggle with, you know, imposter syndrome. And I practiced and Jules worked really well with me to sort of get through it and I did that talk and for me it was a real turning point of coming out of the grief. The grief never goes away but for me it it gave me that motivation that I needed to get back into my headspace. Mm. So, yeah, always run into it and just know that, you know, if you hold on, no one's going to die. <laughs> mm. You will come out stronger. I do, and I know we've spoken about this before, and this is something we wanted to talk more about in the episode, is dealing with grief when when trying to manage a business. Because I think so often we talk about business in isolation, but business doesn't happen in isolation. It happens in life. Yeah. And in life, we are often thrown curveballs and things that we couldn't possibly predict. I had one someone say to me, the real problems you have is that random call you receive on a Tuesday afternoon that just knocks you for sick. That's that's what real life is. That's real challenge. Yeah. So tell us about, and I guess an honor share, because I hope someone's listening to this and it provides them some solace too, because I know that when you were grieving the passing of your father, you didn't have, if anything, we'd spoken a little bit lost. So tell us more about the process and what that was like to try and run a business and deal with it. <laughs> yeah. I kind of look back and I, I'm surprised that I am where I am today because it definitely knocks you. So just to give a bit of context, my dad, so I've got an older brother and a younger brother. So I was the only girl in the family. And my dad was, he was the person that I went to for advice. He was my rock and he was the smartest man that I knew. He was so clever. He was so creative. He was a Pisces. My son's a Pisces, so it kind of gets me excited (laughs) that he can carry on that, um, you know, that musical talent. But yeah, I had this amazing dad-daughter relationship. So, um, yeah, um, as you said in the intro, my dad passed um, and it was, um, it was unexpected. And I was actually, (laughs) yeah, I was, um, I was actually working from home that day, but my whole team was actually there with me when I got the call to say that they were worried about my dad because he missed an appointment that he was meant to go to and no one had seen him that day. 
so yeah I had to drop everything and I had to had to drive out to his place and by the time I'd gotten there they had found him and um yeah everything stops everything pauses and nothing you know nothing matters work doesn't matter clients don't matter everything just gets put on hold but <laughs> like you said, you can't just put your business on hold. No. Um, you know, it's not like you're working for somebody else and you can say, hey, I need some time off. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I was working um, with a counsellor, with a grief counsellor, and she said to me, you need to stop. You need to take some time off. Mm. And I just looked at her and I said, that's not possible. If, if I stop, my business stops. Mm. I'd only started Content Hive in mid-2020, so we were still very much a startup. We still are a startup. And I had um, only recently doubled my team in size mm. like within, within the, that last month, and I was working across two national campaigns. I was a member on a, on a committee for a charity ball. Mm. I was running my business. I had staff to pay. I had to, you know, I had to support my team. I had new team members on that I was training, that, mm. you know, that, that knew nothing, that were relying on me. And I guess, yeah, it really made me realise the importance of team and the importance of working with a team and also clients that you genuinely have similar beliefs because mm. all of my clients were amazing. I was very transparent with my team. I was very transparent with my clients just to let them know where I was at, where my headspace was at, and we just got through it. And I was so lucky. So Jules, who works with me, she's actually one of my very close friends. We've known each other for over 20 years, and she came on board only a month earlier and in a way, it's a blessing in disguise or something from the universe because she just held it together. So mm. she just she just made it work, and she's been making it work ever since. So I'm I'm so like I'm so lucky to have her and all of my other team as well. They just they just kind of made it work, and they knew that it was one step at a time. Grief is this really funny thing. Until you experience it, you don't know what it's like. And I started doing research into it because I wanted to get some you know, get some advice on mm. how to run a business while grieving, and there really wasn't much out there. I landed on one article from from this lovely girl called Maddie, who I ended up connecting with on LinkedIn to say thank you, but she had written an article mm. about running a business and going through grief. But there's not really much out there. But when I was doing that research, I landed on the science behind grieving, mm. and they actually say that grieving is similar to a head trauma and your prefrontal really? cortex actually shuts down. So I lost all of my creativity. I lost all of my motivation. I was just in this in this weird fog. It was really strange. I just didn't want to get out of bed for six mm. months. So, yeah, you have to hold on. And I think the biggest thing is you just have to be transparent. If you're just honest with people and you let them know how you're feeling and what's going on, you don't have to share everything. But I think just being real with people and being real with my clients, they just understood and we made things work. Mm. And we're still here today and I've got an amazing team around me and my clients are amazing and my business is starting to take, you know, to pick up again. And yeah, you just have to hold on and not be too hard on yourself. I think that was the biggest thing is you just have to be kind to yourself mm. because you you don't know when it's going to come back. It's kind of like having pregnancy brain mm. where you sort of go, oh, my gosh, I've lost my brain. Mm. You, you literally lose your brain. You go into survival mode and, mm. and you just have those normal survival instincts and you you lose all, all of those other things. I was mixing up words. I couldn't write. Mm. Um, I couldn't create so I just had to know that my team were going to make it work and they did. So I just had to put the trust, put my trust in the team. 
I love one of the things that you said, which I, I think so, people need to hear when they're going through grief and we're going through, be kind to yourself. Yeah. You know, I think there is, and I say it all the time to people because I connect with a lot of other business owners and we're honest, right? Honest when things are hard and they can be really hard and people are going through some, I know a lady whose mother's going through radiation at the moment and she's struggling to sort of hold it together. And I love what you said about being kind to yourself. It's about being honest as well. It's not always easy to show up when you have a business because life doesn't always show up for you. Life can like knock you for six as you experienced. With your business now versus going through that devastating time and having your team band together, did it change your dynamic with your team seeing you, because I always talk about vulnerability as a leader as well, seeing you vulnerable and seeing, you know, feeling needed. Was there a change that you see from then to now? Not really, because I've always been vulnerable with mm. my team, oh, especially, yeah, yeah, especially having two young kids. So if I've had a hard, <laughs> if I haven't slept or if I've had a hard day, I'll share that with my team. Mm. Like it's not because I want anyone to feel sorry for me. I just, I just want people to know, hey, this is life and life happens. And I also want to inspire people. Like I've got women, you know, I've got women on my team that will become mothers one day. And I want them to know that it's okay. You can be a mum and and you can go through all that amazing craziness with two young kids or one young kid or three young kids and have a career. And it's okay to cross the two over. We shouldn't not be able to talk about yes. both. Yes. Um, I obviously have a home office as well. So my kids are very much, you know, across my business and I want them to understand it as well because I don't think it's one or the other. I don't think it's work-life balance. I think it's just life. Mm. And your work and career is a part of life. So I don't think they're two separate compartments. So I've always been vulnerable with my team. What it probably made me realize is just the importance of having the right team. So I did have someone on the team that a couple of weeks after my dad died actually sent me an email. And in the email, it said, I know this isn't good timing, but can we talk about getting a pay rise? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> um, and that it just threw me. My brain couldn't even process it. So I put that to the side and I, I brought it back up a couple of months later and, you know, I did I did go on to give that person a pay rise. But it just made me realise that in 2023 I'm building my team and it's really about finding people that align with my values yes. and align with kindness. My word for next year is, or this year when um, this podcast is obviously going to be launched, my word for 2023 is is going to be kindness or kind. So mm. I want to work with clients who are kind. I want to work with team members who are kind because it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, like my dad, he ran an IT business. Um, that's obviously where I get my, you know, my IT brain from. <laughs> um, he was a technical engineer and he had this one client, they're a large construction client, and he would bend over backwards for them. He would do anything for them. Um, when something went wrong, he would be there. doesn't matter what time of day, he would always try and make it work. And I called that client, obviously that was you know, a long time ago, but I, I called the owner of the business to let him know that my dad had passed and I invited him to the funeral. And he said that he would try and make it because he had an office based in Brisbane and an office based in Sydney. And on the day of the funeral, he sent me a message just to say, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to make it. And that just really made me realize that it doesn't matter. Like at the end of the day, what obviously you want to have good clients and, you, mm. you know, it's not that you're, I expect clients are going to come to somebody's funeral, but just I knew how much my dad cared about that client and how much effort he put in for over 10 years for that client. 
And so it just made me realise that I really want to surround myself with people that want to share kindness and and um, want to be on the same page. I'm going to need a tissue <laughs> for a minute because that is, that's just so powerful. At the end of the day, we are all trying to run businesses, run families and things like that. And you're right. Like when it is your business, you get those clients and you give your heart and soul to them. And Or he would have had that relationship with the client where he – you do hope that they appreciate the effort that you put in and things yeah. like that. I don't I don't doubt that they did. I'm sure they did appreciate it. But it just made me realise that, you know, what matters is family and yes. friends because they're the ones that are going to show up to your funeral. But obviously you want to have a good relationship with your clients. But you don't, you should never put your friends and your family before that. Like work doesn't, really, in the scheme of things, it doesn't really matter. Like when my dad died, nothing else mattered. Mm. It, like nothing else matters. But we get caught up in it. We get caught up in the trivial things or, oh, my gosh, we have to fix this or I have to do this or this person's not going to like me or they're not going to be happy. So what? Like, don't put your family and your friends second to your career. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I love your focus on having a team as well because to me, I feel exactly the same way. I don't think I would want to do a business on my own. I've thought about this many times and it's what put me off starting a business. And everyone goes, oh, you hired early. Absolutely. Because I knew I needed the right people around me to propel the business forward. I couldn't, I didn't want to, nor do I feel I could do it on my own because to ours, the Jules's, Jess and Sue and Kelly, like our team is what keeps you going and moving forward as well. You've got other people relying on you too, you know, which is a big thing. And you want to have fun. Yes. Like you work five days a week out of seven days or four days out of seven days, why not enjoy it? Why not have people around you that make you laugh? Yes. That you you can just be yourself with. Yeah. That was probably a big thing as well. Like I was really like I need to make sure that I've got a team that everyone just feels like they can just be themselves and they're Mm. accepted for who they are. Yeah. I think there is an importance of of realising the right team and the right values, if you need to build an opportunity or you need to build a business, that has to be a consideration. And I think many people burn themselves out, as you're saying, trying to do it on their own, trying to go, well, I can do it the best, so I'll keep doing it and I won't hire and I'll keep churning. And those are the businesses I often think that don't make it. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, sometimes you have to go through that to learn. It's kind of you, like you have to. to I learn feel that like I've others. learned. That's how I learned. I learned from doing all, doing all the wrong things. I now, you know, I don't have it right. I'm always learning. I'm still making mistakes. We will always be learning, learning that way. But yeah, yeah. I think that story that you told me about your like that is forever going to stay with me. You know those times those people tell you a story and you're like that that's going to be one that stays with yeah. me. And I think that anyone listening should think about that because. Unfortunately, it's it's the really difficult times in life that remind us what actually is yeah. really important. Yeah. And that's why I started Content Hive was because I wanted to have a business where if my kid was sick, I could just hop up and I could go. Like mm. I don't want to have to answer to people. Or I want my team to know that if they need to hop up and do something or go to an appointment or take a day off, that's fine because mm. life happens. Mm. Like we need to just understand that and, and people should feel comfortable and confident mm. to to live and work. And you're right with the shift, you know, how you said there isn't a work life any, anymore, it's life life, you know. There is more of a shift since COVID, which I think businesses are struggling to relate to because we're not in the industrial area any, anymore where you go into an <laughs> office, you clock on, you clock off, you go home. You, 
a lot now with the remote working, hybrid models, all of that, a lot of everything is intertwined now, yep. you know, work and home and things like that. So having the right team, that the people around you that will support you, having the right culture, all of that, you know, I always say it all filters on. If you're in the wrong job, if you're in the wrong career, if you're in the wrong business, make no mistake, it's filtering out to the rest of your life. Yeah. You know, if you're miserable there, you're going to be going home miserable. You're not going to just get home and go, oh, I'm free of work now. One hundred. I love my life again. 100%. I yeah. agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So looking back as well, you've had multiple businesses. One of the things I always like to talk about because I think it's important for people to hear is risk-taking because having businesses comes with risk. So looking back on your career, what do you think is the biggest risk you've ever taken? Oh, my gosh. Wow. I can't pin it down to one particular thing. I probably, for me, I was running an agency and I had one of my clients that was a part of the agency. They kept bugging me, come and work for me, come and work for me, come and work for me. And I was like, no, 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 I can't work for anybody else. I'm a Leo. I'm a leader. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but I, I kind of sat down with my husband and we were looking to to build our house. I was planning on starting a family in the next couple of years. So, I, you know, and obviously, you know, getting a loan and things like that is very difficult when you know, you and your partner both run your own businesses. <laughs> yes. Um, they do make it very difficult. So I took a big risk and I actually said yes and I took on the role and it was amazing. It was a startup. It was a lot of hard work. I, I look back now and I don't know how I did it. <laughs> um, I'm glad I did it before I had kids. I learned so much and I met some amazing people and my boss was amazing as well. We're actually really cl close friends now. He's a client of Content Hives. But yeah, I, I sort of looked down on a piece of paper, I wrote out the pros and cons and I, I decided to take that leap and actually go and work for somebody again. Yeah, so that was probably a big risk for me, but it came with a lot of opportunity. Okay, so that in mind and all the businesses you've created and taking those risks, starting a family, looking back, if you were to talk to someone right now wanting to build a door or create an opportunity in their own life, knowing everything you know now, what advice would you give them? Just be true to yourself, like work out what it is that you enjoy doing and look for opportunities that are going to build a pathway forward for you to achieve that. So for me, like I worked in IT and then I worked in marketing and I, I realized that I really enjoyed the two sides of it and I, I found a way to cross them over. So for mm. digital marketing, it's very it's very analytical, it's very data-driven mm. and I love that side of it. So for me, it was always looking for those opportunities where I could learn things around that to upskill and upskill and try this out and try that out until I got to a point where I was able to sort of create this whole new model with mm. Content Hive. And yeah, so it's just understanding what you enjoy. Try everything, try it all out. You're going to hate some things, but you're not going to know until you try it. So don't be afraid to to do some things that, you know, that you don't enjoy because then you're going to know that that's not the path for you and then and then pick out those things that you really do love. And one thing, I, th I heard it somewhere, I would have heard it on a podcast, I actually need to find out who said it, but <laughs> someone said that when you can create two skill sets or two superpowers and you can combine them, that becomes your unique superpower. So, for example, I am very creative, but then I'm very technical. So, by upskilling in those two areas and then combining them, I've sort of created this unique point of difference that makes me mm. unique from someone that might just be a marketer or someone mm. that might just be in IT. Mm. So, by combining those two skill sets, similar to what you've done mm. um, with your business, yeah, true. with the coaching and the recruitment, it's upskilling in two parallel 
skill sets, and then finding a way to bring those together. And that becomes your unique superpower. I love that. Mm. I love that. And you told me that before. And I was like, wow, I'm a superhero. <laughs> Recruitment coach, coach superhero. Yeah. Yep, no, you but are. it's true. <laughs> You're a superhero too, Lisa. <laughs> let's take over the world together. All right, let's do it. Let's change the world, actually. <laughs> So, and another thing that thing that I always like to ask because I love the answer, to be honest, is who are your biggest mentors? So, looking back over your life, who are the biggest mentors and how do they change you? I'm not really someone to cling to a mentor. I've always worked with business coaches. I've done a lot of personal development. So, I always seek out a coach mm. depending on what stage of life I'm at. Mm. So, for example, last year I worked with Shana Kennedy and she's this amazing, she was the first life coach in Australia and wow. she's this beautiful woman and She's all about building a career around your family mm-hmm. and creating a life plan around your career and the stages of your family and what age your kids are. Mm. And now I'm working with a business coach where we're really looking at sort of how I can build the business to be able to step back and work on some bigger projects and mm. things like that. So for me, my mentors have always come and gone at different stages of where I'm at in my life. But my dad was my biggest mentor. Like he was just this beautiful human being. And the one thing that he taught me when I was younger is always treat people the way you want to be treated. Mm. And I think in business, you've got two types of people. You've got the people that think business is war Mm. and that like they're willing to go to war and they're willing to hurt other people Mm. because it's business. Mm. So they're willing to hurt the competition or or hurt other people to try and get in front. Mm. Whereas I just believe that you can, you can just be nice to people and Mm. competition is good and who cares what they're doing. You should only compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not anybody else. So Mm. I always kind of stay focused to that. And I'm trying to instill those values in my children at the moment. I love that. I really like that. You know, obviously I think that um, your dad would be proud because you obviously have those values, have someone that's dealt with you. And, oh, I love this question because you always get a really different answer. What is the legacy you want to leave in your life? So looking back, because I know values are really important to you, but what's your legacy when you look back that you want to leave? I I have thought about this. So when I started Content Hive, I thought about how we could create a legacy and it's something that I'm going to be working on with my business coach and my team in 2023 is... I want to find a way to give back and empower and educate young people living in regional and remote communities that your location doesn't define you. So I was born in a small country town in Varel, population of 10,000. And I was lucky because my dad, uh, back then he worked for telecom. It's Telstra now for all the younger, <laughs> younger people. Um, but he got a promotion. So we moved from Inverell when I was about six or seven mm. to Tamworth. And then from Tamworth, we came to Brisbane. So I was then able to go to a great school and university and the world was my oyster because mm. I was living I was living in a capital city. Mm. And these days, your location doesn't matter. You can learn and study online from anywhere, but there's still this stigma and there's still this thinking that, oh, I live in a small country town, I've just got to get a job down at the bakery or Mm -hmm. as a receptionist. No, you can work globally and live locally. Mm -hmm. And I want to empower people and and upskill people to be able to do that. I love that. <laughs> that is an awesome mission. I, both my husband and I grew up in, I grew up in Harvey Bay. My husband grew up in Jinjin. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's go into the rocket round. Yep. Are you ready? <sighs> let's go for it. Okay. All right. So these are just a few fun questions. We always like to finish on a bit of fun. So favorite book? Right now, my favorite book is Essentialism by Greg McEwen. 
Oh, that's a deep one. That sounds really interesting. If you've got time over the holidays or at any time, read it. Okay. Um, it's an amazing book and I've learned so much from it. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. So many books to read. <laughs> um, favorite holiday destination? Fraser Island. Yeah. Oh, near Harvey Bay. Yeah, that's okay. Yep. <laughs> Cats or dogs? Cats. Coffee or wine? <laughs> Tea. Tea, yes, because I got you a tea this morning, so you're not a coffee drinker. White Christmas or summer Christmas? I'm going to go summer. However, it is on my goals that I will do a white Christmas with my children. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Podcast you're listening to right now? I love listening right now to the Mind Valley podcast by Vision. It's great because he interviews across a range of different topics and there's always something inspiring to learn. Mind Valley, love it. Mm -hmm. And what makes you feel like you're home? My kids and my husband and mm. my cat. <laughs> Did your cat actually come up or does the cat be like, oh, you're here. Welcome back. Uh, sometimes. He's a cat. He's a cat <laughs> Just, so. Depends what mood he's in. Look, thank you so much for coming on the Building Doors podcast. It was so good. And thank you for being so real and honest as well. I hope that some people listening to this episode get the strength and courage that you needed at your difficult time from this episode and also get inspired. Get the right team around you, you know, move forward towards challenges and not to be afraid. And if you're in a regional town, that there's opportunity out there. There's just so much great stuff that we've covered. So I really appreciate you coming on. I would ask the listeners, please, to make sure you subscribe and like this podcast, share it, because you just never know who needs the inspiration, you know, that Lisa was able to share today. So thank you so much for coming on, Lisa. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Building Doors. If you've got comments or questions, send them to hello at buildingdoors.com.au. And remember to subscribe, rate and review. See you next time.